0: Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Dolphins fans, and welcome to another episode of Locked On Dolphins. I am your host, Kyle Krabs, and please forgive any extracurriculars you may or may not hear in the background. I'm sitting at the Fort Lauderdale International Airport getting ready to fly home from my two-day stint at Miami Dolphins camp. And day one was quiet. Uh, They committed a lot to running the football, getting an evaluation of the offensive line in the run game, focusing on some install, all that jazz. That's fine and dandy. But today's practice, or yesterday's practice, again, we're going to play that whole limbo game where I'm releasing Thursday's podcast midway through Wednesday because I like to keep you on your toes. Uh, I can tell you this. I need a cigarette or something along those lines. I don't know. It could be something else uh, because the Dolphins uh, and specifically their quarterback, Tua Tungvaloa, looked tremendous in stretches of play throughout the course of today's practice or Wednesday's practice. He was accurate. He threw with anticipation and timing and touch and accuracy and threw to a spot while simultaneously also leading receivers away from Lever. There was a lot, a lot of really high-level flashes from him that stood out and, and was kind of the uh, redeeming variable. You know, if I would have came down for two days of practice and I didn't get to see all this stuff everybody's talking about, I would have been gutted because uh, I am flying home tonight on Wednesday night. Uh, but he was as advertised. The, the reports, uh, the growth, the anticipation, the confidence, the leadership, all that, It's legit, I'm telling you right now. Now, I've had a lot of questions. There are some other guys on the beat who are are pointing out, you know, maybe holding the ball a little bit too long, uh, not taking the check downs. In reality, very little is black and white. So I will concede this. Were there times in which I thought Tua Tungvalu held the football a little too long? At practice on Wednesday? Sure. Uh, and will those plays need to lead to negative plays for the offense? Yes, they will. But at the same time, it's not so much of that where he's frozen, and he's not Patrick Mahomes. It's in the middle, and that's part of maturation and growth. But really all this is about right now is looking for improvements, looking for not making the same kinds of mistakes. And when you think about some of the best – most dynamic quarterbacks in the game today, a lot of them don't always consistently take their L's and take the check down. Many of these high-level quarterbacks who have this creative eye for the game, a part and staple of their style of play is they will hold the ball too long, waiting to make things happen and take negative plays. Now, yeah, if you're Tom Brady and you're not a dynamic athlete, you don't play the game that way. But you think about some of the other guys who have come in. You think about Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. You think about Deshaun Watson uh, with the Houston Texans over the past couple of years. You think about Russell Wilson with the Seattle Seahawks. All of these guys, the M.O. is, man, just, like, don't take so many sacks. And, and the teams invest again and again and again and again to try and improve the offensive line. But it's at some point, sacks are a quarterback stat. And, yes, you are a little worried about Tua tonga taking – heavy hits and wear and tear on his body because he has had the durability issues in the past. But if we're going to get the quarterback that we saw, that I saw today at practice, I am more than willing to live with 35, 40 sacks in a season and some unnecessary pressures because, guys, some of these throws are stupid good, stupid good as far as throwing to a spot. The touch in there, they did red zone one I think it was the 10-yard line going in, 15-yard line going in. The placement was, like, automatic. And did his guys catch everyone? No. He had a couple in tight coverage where there was good coverage. But then he goes to team, and he threw one interception on Wednesday, and it was to Javon Holland, and it was a pass that was inexplicably high. It was higher intended for Albert Wilson than it should have been. And Albert Wilson reaches up, kind of makes a one-handed attempt to corral this thing in, ultimately gets picked. But that was his first pick since Wednesday of last week. And he was, generally speaking, very, very confident with throws in tight windows. And, you know, when he threw five picks in a minicamp, everybody said, oh, it's good, get the aggressiveness out. And then there were the the naysayers that saying, well, you don't want to read that kind of bad habits at practice. At least a handful of the sacks that I saw Tua Tungvaloa take throughout the course of these past two days of practice were plays in which there was nobody open. It's okay for the defense to do a good job in coverage, and if you want the quarterback to stop forcing throws into coverage because you don't want to breed that kind of habit, then, like, quit moving the goalposts, right? If I were to put a player grade onto a tongue of a low over the course of the last two days, and more, specific, more so specifically Wednesday's practice because it was the one in which they actually cut it loose and threw the ball a little bit, I'm going to him an A-. And I have proceeded this offseason with cautious optimism. But where he is at exceeded what my expectations were. So if you put that together, you say Miami Dolphins, what do you get? Super Bowl. No, I'm just kidding. Or maybe I'm not. Gentlemen never kisses and tells, I'll say that. Uh, But to a tongue of a low was not the only observation from the past two days of practices. We had plenty at the wide receiver position, the offensive line, which uh, we're we're playing a dangerous game with right now. But nevertheless, you see some players, like we've talked about, you're going to see some players take a massive step forward in year two. You're going to see other players take a marginal step forward in year two, and other players still who are not going to advance their game into a degree in which they're discernibly different than what they were uh, in 2020. You're seeing that on the offensive line. Uh, Robert Hunt, I would say, has certainly made the biggest step forward. I would say Austin Jackson has taken uh, a mild step forward, and Solomon Kinley uh, for all intents and purposes, does not hope to have appear to have taken a step forward at all at this point in time. He's been relegated to the third string. Uh, they have Liam Eichenberg, who they've now pushed over from right tackle, which is where they initially tried to put him to play left guard. And time will tell if this is strictly motivation ploy for Solomon McKinley. They want to get him in better shape, playing shape. It's hard to say, but we are in murky waters here as far as the offensive line play because you have so many young pieces that you don't want to start playing the musical chairs and shifting guys around, especially a guy like Liam Eikenberg, who the team drafted and and traded up for in the second round. You don't want to play that musical chairs game with him entering into his rookie season. So if he's going to play left guard, put him at left guard, leave him at left guard, and let him get acclimated to playing inside because he played 39 games, started 39 games at left tackle for Notre Dame. He has played right tackle in the past, but his vast majority of his starting and playing experience at Notre Dame was on the left side, but it was at tackle. So if you're gonna move him inside the guard, that's an adjustment. If you're gonna put him at right tackle, that's also an adjustment. So either way, you don't want to oversaturate his acclimation period to the NFL by asking him to do one and then flip and do the other again and so on and so forth. So uh, that's just an observation of the offensive line, I thought he looked fairly sturdy at left guard. I think just being in that left-handed stance is probably a little bit more natural for him. He was called for a holding penalty on Tuesday. Uh, but this is now two consecutive years in which the Dolphins have drafted an offensive lineman in the early second round uh, who may end up being a better guard than tackle. And that's okay. But now you have the big question mark at right tackle if if Liam Eichenberg ultimately does end up staying at left guard. Because you have D.J. Fluker, who was waived with an injury settlement, and, you know, perhaps they bring him back. Perhaps not. You have Jesse Davis. You have Jermaine Illuminor, who's a couple years in the league, has played guard and tackle, but neither with any uh, kind of volume that's going to make you feel good about him being a long-term answer for the season. You have a seventh-round pick in Larnell Coleman, Timon Paris. Like, you don't have a lot now. If you were banking on Liam Eikenberg winning the right tackle spot and he ends up having to play guard. So now the question is, okay, Robert Hunt, they seem fairly invested in him playing at right guard. Do they move him back to right tackle and put Solomon Kinley? I don't know. But what I saw from Solomon Kinley was not particularly promising. And you know this is not necessarily the, the podcast to listen to if you want a ton of pro Jesse Davis content. But I would venture to say Jesse Davis is a better option right now on the offensive line regardless of if it's guard or tackle than Solomon McKinley. Rockauto.com is a family business who's been providing auto parts customers with high quality service online for the last 20 years. So whether you're shopping for engine control modules, brake parts, taillights, motor oil, or even new carpet for your classic or daily driver, rockauto.com has everything you need in one easy to navigate and in just a few clicks you can get everything delivered directly to your front door. Best of all, price of the same at rockauto.com for both professionals and do-it-yourselfers, so why would you shop anywhere else and spend up to twice as much for the same parts? So visit rockauto.com for all your auto parts needs and write Locked On in there. How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. A couple wide receiver observations. The Speed Guys, Waddle and Grant, of course, just who everybody expected, uh, had a great day of practice on Wednesday. Uh, Grant specifically in the one-on-ones uh, ran a really hard curl route with a sudden stop against Byron Jones. He ran a go route and ran right past somebody and created a ton of separation over the top for what would have been an easy touchdown on the nine ball from Tua Tungvaloa. Uh He's looked good. And, and just like Jesse Davis, you know Locked On Dolphins is probably not your one-stop shop for pro-Jakeem Grant content. But we're going to be objective here. There's there's no point tying yourself to narratives, even if it doesn't match what you see on the practice field. Jakeem Grant has had himself a nice camp. It's still a numbers game proposition, though, because you still have Will Fuller, Albert Wilson, Devonte Parker, Jalen Waddell. You're going to have one of the two gunner guys on special teams. Is Jakeem Grant... Number six on the chopping block, does that, does that mean you're getting rid of Limbo and Jr., who you traded a mid-round pick for last year? I mean, these are not easy answers, and, and the numbers game, especially between wide receiver and tight end, is not an enviable spot. Well, it is an enviable spot because it means you have more talent than you have room for on the roster. But I don't envy Chris Greer for having to make that decision because Shaquem Grant, his job's on the line, and he's coming out, and he's playing like it a camp, and he's playing well. The other guy that stood out to me in the wide receiver room is, is a guy who's not likely going to find himself on the active roster, uh, Kirk Merritt, It was a UDFA from last year. Uh, I would expect this guy to be a priority, undra- or priority practice squad player for the Dolphins with some protections, likely. I believe he could protect up to four practice squad players on any given week. Mer- Merritt's tough to run with. He's done a really nice job creating separation against the third string. Mean, granted, it's a third team but he's a small school guy who has tremendous explosiveness. He's a phenomenal athlete. And what he has showcased is that from an athletic standpoint, the third string guys can't run with him. So you feel really good about that. Uh, so that, that's kind of just like an under the radar name to watch from Arkansas State in 2020, Kirk Merritt. He has performed well with the opportunities that I saw through two days of practice to win his one-on-one reps. Defensively. I'm going to start at the back and work my way forward. And I'm going to start with the worst news that I have, the worst observation that I have coming out of camp. And that is that if you are optimistic of a Noah Igbenogany breakout in year two, you might want to throw that on ice. Uh, I have tried to be optimistic and, and tried to uh, keep the perspective on the Noah Igbenogany selection. And if Miami's kind of playing this waiting game with Xavier Howard to decide whether or not they're going to pay him for Igben Agony to start playing like a first-round pick, they might be waiting a while. Uh, he has not looked good. He has been challenged by just about everybody. He got beat over the top by, I believe it was Alan Hearns and Isaiah Ford on Wednesday's practice for big gains. And... um the the confidence is just not there yet. He's still very much a work in progress from a feel and instincts perspective. And he was pretty candid about it. He talked about the fact that uh, he's only played corner for a couple of years, and there is that understanding. But you would hope for more. And if we're talking about players from the 2020 class who are taking big steps, medium steps, and small steps forward, I would put Igbenogany in the small steps forward bucket. Maybe that is a... Uh, story for another day we got two more shows this week believe it or not uh, alongside all this great practice content but I digress uh, Noah Igbenogany uh, really underwhelming you know, physically you could tell he's got everything you could possibly need to excel at the position a lot of it's mental right now and technical right now but he's not making like Nick Needham again Jesse Davis, Jakeem Grant, Nick Needham, these are guys that throughout the course of the offseason you were hoping you were going to get some upgrades from. Needham's played pretty damn well at corner too, whether it's in the nickel or outside. Would you like for him to be a better functional athlete? Yes, if you could take his IQ and put it into Noah Igbanogany, you'd have a phenomenal football player. But the Dolphins are probably going to trend towards the guy who's comfortable with what is happening and his processing power allows him to, to play the game with confidence, even if he's physically not always going to perform at the highest levels. And that's what you're seeing now with Nick Needham. I thought some of the other guys on the back end did fine. Uh, do wanna give a shout out to Terrell Bonds, uh, who, ha- who has flashed a little bit during camp, making some plays on the football, some good ball skills. Um, but I had my eyes quite prominently on Wednesday on Javon Holland. Obviously, second-round pick for the Dolphins from the University of Oregon. They had him playing in the high post quite a bit, Uh, free safety, and his range looked great. He had the first interception on Tua Tonga Valoa in a week of practices at training camp, Uh, showed good ball skills. They did some kind of three-on-two zone drop type things with uh, hitting your landmarks and zone drops where there's three – Areas to cover, and two defenders, and you kind of got into your, your drops in between all three landmarks. And based on how the coaches cocked their arm, you had to drive and attack the football. And uh, he looked very good in that drill. The ball skills look really good, as you would expect with the guy who has the ball production that Javon Holland has. So I'm very much encouraged by Holland, and you know his. His reps early on in camp may not have indicated that he is going to be an unquestioned starter, but my expectations are very, very high. We talked yesterday about the impact that Bernard McKinney has had. Uh, The Dolphins, a little thin. Jalen Phillips didn't practice on Wednesday. Uh, Andrew Van Giegel didn't practice on Wednesday. Two prominent guys that are going to be on the edge is the hybrid group. Uh, which left more reps for the Vince Beagles and the Brennan Scarlets of the world. And Brennan Scarlet, I wouldn't be surprised if he, at 6'4", 263, doesn't end up taking some of the Shaq Lawson role, uh, just fractionally. It's it's going to be down and distance dependent, but he was really physical and had a really good presence about him uh, to to probably take some early down reps. And if you're the Dolphins, you're encouraged by that as as having yet another option for when you need to stuff the run, which we talked about a little bit yesterday. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way for you to bet on all your favorite sports action, whether you're looking for MLB, NHL, NBA, NFL, UFC, you name it. BetOnline's got it all, and right now you can swing over on your laptop or mobile device and check out the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information available. Do not sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game. So head over to the website or your, on your laptop or mobile device today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code Locked On. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Upfront for the Dolphins, uh, we talked about this a little bit yesterday too, but there is a brick wall brewing in South Florida. This defensive front is physical. Whether it's your usual suspects—Emmanuel Ogba, Zach Sealer, Christian Wilkins, Raquan Davis—whether it's Jason Strobridge, Adam Butler, John Jenkins, like they have depth up front. And the team found some marginal flashes of success running the ball. But one thing I talked about this in the stands with Travis Wingfield, a former host of this podcast and and good friend of mine, that I think is important to note, is when you consider the personnel and the strengths of the roster, this is a roster that appears to have been constructed to pass to set up the run. So if you go into a practice like Tuesday's practice, where all you're going to do is pound the rock, and the defense kind of picks up on it, you're not going to consistently move guys if you get, and Jerome Baker referred to it as knockback, and not against this defense. Uh, And that might be concerning to some fans, but I look at the depth chart, and I look at what they have up front, and they are very well constructed to control the line of scrimmage inside against the vast majority of teams that they're going to play. And that is, like we talked about yesterday, why the... Joint practices and preseason games are so important because it gives you that evaluation window for what you measure up like when you're not playing yourself and the talent that your own team has to to provide. So overall uh, expectations for this team. I think this is a good time to revisit what my expectations were. Uh, I predicted when I did my initial schedule prediction, Dolphins win 11 or 12 games this year. Uh, Coming down and seeing how this team practices, the talent that's present, the explosiveness that's present, the steps forward that Tua Valoa specifically has taken, my expectations remain that this is going to be an 11- or 12-win football team. And if the Buffalo Bills regress, you might be talking about a chance to contend for for an AFC East championship. Am I going to sit here and rah-rah Super Bowl and this and that, and two MVP? Not yet. But man, I feel a lot better. I feel a lot more confident about what this team can be and their potential to live up to it after having been down here and seen it and processed it and seen the talent across the board. The next step is them carrying it over and performing well against Chicago. Chicago's got a stout defensive line, Chicago's got a top wide receiver in Allen Robinson. Can you create some confusion with a young quarterback in Justin Fields? Not that you're going to be throwing a bunch of exotic stuff at him, but uh, nevertheless, you'll you'll probably try some stuff out. We'll see. The good news is that's just around the corner. It's less than a week away. What is also around the corner for you is some more quality content here on Locked On Dolphins. I've had an absolute blast. I want to extend my most sincerest of thanks to the Miami Dolphins organization for giving me the chance to come down and spend two days at practice and, and really process what this team looks like, uh, get to talk to some some folks down here, uh, spend some time in the bleachers with Travis. I spent a good amount of time on Wednesday's practice chatting it up with the phenomenal Joe Rose, uh, who is one of my favorite personalities out there. Uh, so it was great to get down, see some familiar faces, and more importantly, get get my own eyes and evaluation on this football team. So uh, one thing we will probably do before the end of the week is look at the 2020 NFL draft class and and describe which of those players are taking big, middle, and small steps forward. And we're also going to do an updated 53-man roster projection based on the uh, first week and a half of training camp. So there's lots for you to look forward to. So make sure you hit subscribe. Keep it locked in right here on Locked On Dolphins. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs. Thanks, as always, for listening. Fins up. Have a great rest of your day.